from the MZ Studios Dallas Virtual Studios in cyberspace. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everyone. This is Ryan Trimble, your co-host, joined once again by the very dapper, very betrothed Sean Williams. Sean, good day, sir. Good day, Ryan. I am going to go with dapper because this great t-shirt for some may constitute being dapper and um i i am all of that and betrothed i guess as well well (laughs) congratulations are in order sir you you had some uh you had a fantastic bit of news uh recently and so wanted to congratulate you thank you ryan yes uh for sure thank you for me and thank you for my fiance dominique torres last week um as we found people actually do read these social media platforms because we did share our engagement uh, via Facebook Live. Uh, we were at Fair Park and, um, you know, we had some a few of our family members that did come out and get to witness this at Fair Park. So it was a, a really amazing night uh, to be in a public space in Dallas and be able to um, get engaged to somebody that I care so much about that is uh, a beautiful woman, so accomplished in our city, member of the dartboard. And it was just a lovely night at Fair Park too, which made it even better. So I appreciate all the well wishes that have come in to us through all of our social media channels and from our friends like you, Ryan Trimble. We appreciate you guys. Well, yeah, two, uh, two good looking folks, two great, uh, you know, people who, who want to make this city better. But you said, People follow this on social media, watching the video on Facebook Live. You know how the, the bubbles of hearts and thumbs up icons float up? It was, yeah. like, it was like an ocean of those <laughs> bubbles floating up. I'm like, well, I can't see the actual picture because you have so many friends. Sean. I wish I had got to see that. That would have been pretty cool too. Uh, like I said, it was, it was so I, I did get to tip off a few people. Um, to, and so a few people I did have it pulled up. So, so they were surprised. And I had one person that said, man, I found out right at, I had about 10 minutes. I was going to text you, but I didn't want to make you too nervous. So, um, it, it was, man, it was a lot of, um, of love on that. Even, even when Dominique was doing her, her dark interview on the, on the public record, she did receive uh, a congratulations on her engagement. So. Uh, it's all been a lot. Then, huh? <laughs> that, that makes it official. I, I, I even heard from another official who said, I had to hear it on public record what had happened. I said, I guess I have to do better on that next time. <laughs> oh, man. Well, congratulations, sir. Congratulations as well. You've got uh, uh, one kiddo moving on. You got you won out the door almost. Congratulations. Tell man. us. Tell us about Isaiah. Almost, man. I mean, I guess it is until we always say until you get that diploma, until it's officially over, uh, you know, you're still working to get there. But, you know, even last night, my son Isaiah, they had at Townview a parade for all the the seniors who who uh, go to Townview. And he is at the School of Business and Management. As a lot of people know there are, I think, six high schools at Townview Center. And so they all got together. It was a really nice parade of cars and vehicles and kids. It's been a really tough time for the class of 2020. I believe that this pandemic will make them stronger for what they've gone through. And uh, they've been uh, adaptable. He's been adaptable, getting his assignments in and uh, making making the Zoom uh, calculus classes and things like that. So that's been great. But 
I'm excited for Isaiah. He's got graduation, a virtual graduation on Saturday. Uh, and then he is planning to go to join the Marines uh, coming up sometime this summer. So really excited for him. I don't think that we have uh, on my mom and dad's side any Marines in the family that I am aware of. So I think he'll be the first Marine in the family. But it's, it's an exciting time for sure. Well, congratulations on that as well, and, and uh, you know, big thumbs up to Isaiah. That's knowing uh, we're about to celebrate uh, Memorial Day and uh, celebrate our, our uh, you know, those those who those who've served. Uh, really appreciate his willingness to go serve our country. So, really cool, and uh, glad to see you, you're on the final approach. You know, we our last day of of virtual school is today, and um, for preschool. Uh, we're on the front end of it. Tate is about to start uh, virtual <laughs> nursery school. So we're on the exact opposite end of you and, and Isaiah's issue, Sean. Well, hey, hats off to you, man. I, I hear you doing uh, your your lessons. I hear you, you know, making sure that the Zoom calls are going good. And I hear that your Spanish is also getting a little bit better as a result of the experience you guys are having in Spanish house. So I know this will be, even though it's kind of a transition and, and I think all the days are running together in some sort of way, this will be the end of this version of school and then you move into the next thing. So I think we're all excited, you know, just to, to at least have something to put a pin in. Well, to quote my good friend, Sean Williams, it is mucho grande. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really is. As is this episode of Deconstructing Dallas, because we have a mucho grande guest today. That's right. He, of course, Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins. Uh, you and I both known uh, Judge Jenkins for a while. Um, as I've said, probably on every episode, uh, my wife, Lauren, serves as his Chief of Staff, we have a fun Matlin Carville uh, political thing going on, but I think it's uh, you know it's it's great that she's she's done a great job. She's been his chief since since day one down at the county, um, you know, ten years in, and they've they've seen a lot of uh, they've seen a lot of events, but you know this one may take the cake, Sean. Yeah, I, I, I was at, in the mayor's office when West Nile uh, happened, and and we worked with. Judge Jenkins in his office. And so that was kind of my first time getting to see him in that arena. And, you know, we have since then gone through a number of medical emergencies and, and all different kinds of emergencies that, that lets people see what the county judge actually does here in Texas. So I'm excited to talk to him just about what that experience is like and let our listeners uh, hear that. So what, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break uh, and we're going to come back with Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back, Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. John, today we're joined by our friend. Uh, he, of course, 
the Dallas County Judge, Clay Jenkins. Judge, thanks for coming on. Oh, great to be here. How are y'all doing? We're doing great, Judge. Yeah, we are, uh, we're, we're grateful for your service at this time. And now you've served as Dallas County Judge since 2010, of course. You're halfway through your third term now, and it may feel like everybody, everybody knows you. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what makes you tick. Sure. So uh, I was born here in Dallas, uh, Cliff, uh, Methodist Hospital. Uh, spent my time here until I was 10. My father died when I was in, uh, in a park in Oak Cliff uh, in, in front of me, and, and uh, he uh, didn't have health insurance. He suffered a fatal heart attack, uh, but his uh, half-brother worked for the phone company. He went in after we buried my dad, and um, he was found to have the same uh, heart condition, and he lived another 43 years enough to meet his two great-grandkids. So that's why I'm so passionate about public health uh, and healthcare, I want everybody to have their best chance um, at a long life and a healthy life. Uh, we moved to Waxahachie. My mom moved, eventually moved us back to her hometown of Waxahachie. That's where I got this uh, great uh, urban accent. And uh, um, when, uh, you know, mom was a saint, got to be the first person in the family to go to college. And good morning. And, uh, and, uh, Went to Baylor, Baylor Bear, and then i just been back in Dallas, you know, my whole life, pretty much a Dallas uh, area my whole life. Um, you know, Judge, there's a lot of people who are probably just, you know, learning about you through the emergency situation and learning about your job, seeing a judge on TV who's in charge of a health crisis. So can you explain to some folks what the role of county judge really is for us uh, here in Texas? Sure. So the county judge in, in Texas is called the county executive in a lot of other states or county mayor in some other states. And it's, it's essentially the chief elected officer for the county, similar to the mayor being the chief elected officer for a city. And so in that capacity, um, if there is an emergency, then it falls on that chief elected officer of that jurisdiction, in this case, a county, uh, to lead in that. And over time, I've led a lot of different uh, emergency situations, uh, West Nile virus, Ebola, tornadoes and floods and, and other things. And so um, it just kind of is a natural thing at this point the the people that I work with, the police chiefs, etc., they all know me, and uh, so falls on me to do it. And of course, I don't do it alone. I do it with a ton of help from a ton of great uh, first responder and healthcare heroes. Yeah, you, you mentioned several of those uh, several of those events you've been through: West Nile virus, Hurricane Harvey evacuees coming up here, uh, Ebola. There's a great picture of you from. Uh, from Vanity Fair, you're looking like Law and Order. Um, and I, it, as everybody knows, my wife is your chief of staff. I think y'all were on the ground after the the Rowlett tornadoes in 06. Lauren was pregnant with our first kid. So you all have seen a lot, as one might expect, in, in a county as big as Dallas. But tell us about, uh, you know, what, what you learned from those, those previous events that have helped you prepare for the current crisis we're in. Well, I think, you know, two key 
young, two key things that we've learned from the events and just keep doing is you treat people the way you want to be treated because people rarely make their best decisions when they're uh, disrespected or yelled at. You know, you can get people to do things uh, through force or intimidation one or two times. But if you want to get people um, to uh, stick it out and make it all the way through a uh, response and a deployment, then you do that through uh, respect and collaboration. And so we try to do that, try to keep, keep calm in all that we do, treat people with respect. The other thing that's really important, no matter what the situation, is transparency, getting out the information uh, good, bad, and indifferent information to people as quickly and as honestly as possible, communicating with them almost constantly in one form or another. And the analogy that I give my staff on that is if you go over to grandma's house and grandma's lost a lot of weight and her hands are shaking and you say, grandma, it's wrong. And she says, grandma's fine. You don't feel any less anxious about what's wrong with your grandma. Um, if she would just tell you what the problem is, it's probably something you could deal with. And it's probably, frankly, something that is not as bad as what your imagination would conjure if you didn't get that information. So just as it is in a family that we want to get that full information, we want to get that on public health you know, and, uh, you know, other dangerous events because people can handle it if they have the information and they make their best choices, which is really where we are now. It's so important that everyone make their, their best choices and uh, focus on what the doctors are saying is safe right now. Judge, you know, I, I know I've heard you in a lot of your press conferences, a lot of times that you spoke and talk about follow the science. Uh, throughout this COVID-19 uh, crisis. So uh, tell me what that means to you when you say that, when you say follow the science. Sure. Uh, that's a great question, Sean. So when we think about the science, think of it this way. If if uh, you were going to have, uh, well, you wouldn't, you two men wouldn't, if your significant others are having babies, you go to OBGYNs. You wouldn't go to an oncologist for having a baby, but you also wouldn't go to OBGYN if you were found to have breast cancer, you'd go to an oncologist. And so we want to go to the specialists in science that deal with epide epidemics and pandemics. They're called epidemiologists. We want to um, go to the infectious disease chiefs in our big hospitals because this is an infectious disease. And lastly, we want to listen to the public health masters and PhDs in public health because they're the... Uh, the kind of the captains of the ship in a situation of a pandemic. And so um, what, what has happened around the United States is when you get together those specialties at the CDC, at Dr. Fauci's NIH, here in Dallas with the public health uh, committee, they all essentially say the same thing. They tell you um, that, Things will be safer to do when you've seen that 14-day decline, that it's important to wear a face covering on public transportation and that businesses 
that it's important to maintain six foot distancing when you're around people outside your home. And then you want to avoid those unnecessary trips, uh, you know, to places that you don't absolutely have to go. So the places that we absolutely have to go might be those essential businesses like grocery stores or doctor visit. But, but they would say that for now, you want to defer that in restaurant dining experience, going to the movies, um, playing football in the park. These are things you want to wait a little longer on until you've seen a decline. And it's not just what the doctors here are saying. If you look at what doctors in those specialty fields are saying anywhere in the United States, they're all saying the same thing. So that's following the science. You can find, there aren't very many of them, but you can find a doctor that will tell you that the coronavirus is a hoax, that it's no worse than the flu, that, um, you know, all sorts of things. But when you look a little further, what you'll see with those doctors is most of the time they don't have a license to practice medicine. Um, and, um, but they are allowed somehow to keep using doctor on their name. And they haven't been in any way involved in any of the fields that, um, uh, you know, that I just mentioned epidemiology or neuro or, uh, uh, infectious disease or public health. And usually they'll be attached to some, um, far thinking think tank. But if you listen to, uh, you know, the doctor, you know, in this, you just pick a city and listen to the infectious disease doctors there, they'll be giving you the same advice or epidemiologists there. They're going to give you the same advice that your Dallas epidemiologists and infectious disease doctors are giving you. And so my advice to people is don't listen to me, um, except for the extent that I am just telling you what the doctors are telling me. But don't listen to people other than the folks who train their entire adult life uh, to prepare for this moment. You can download at DallasCountyCOVID.org a cheat sheet, the doctor's guide to activities. It looks at every activity that the governor has reopened, every service that the governor's reopened, as well as all of those businesses that have been open for a while that we never closed. And it tells you whether you can safely participate in the activities that they're offering. And if you can, what is the best way to participate? And so, for instance, participation might be okay in a certain activity for a person under 65 or without a high-risk condition. And they might say for the person, for that particular activity, if you're over 65 or if you have a high-risk condition, you need to go ahead and wait until we see a 14-day decline. With each 14-day decline on that chart, you move to a different color code, a different threat level. We're currently at red, stay safe, stay home. 14 days, we'll move to orange, extreme caution. So for instance, at orange, extreme caution, um, you, all three of us um, could go to a restaurant or get a haircut. Well, not me actually, because my mom is 88, so that's over 65. She's living with me. 
uh, during COVID. And so what they would say is if, if you're the caretaker or close contact of a, you know, diabetic or a person over 65, go ahead and wait one more threat level reduction. So I'll probably need to be shaggy headed, uh, <laughs> until, uh, until we get the yellow, but, um, you know, for, for you guys, you may be able to get a haircut. Uh, of course you can get a haircut. Now you can do what you want to do because the governor has told you what is legal. Um, but most people want to know what's safe. And so the doctors are our best advisors on what's safe. Yeah, it's, it's a great chart, and I uh, I noticed that the former CDC director Tom Frieden has as as I don't want to say plagiarized, but has uh, has flattered you by by creating his own similar chart. So uh, appreciate the chart, Judge. Uh, well, Tom's a great guy, and and using the and he's a friend, and so um, I think Tom has to have the same grace that that uh, we had at at Baylor. If you change two or three words, is that really plagiarism? <laughs> so, so, yeah, but no, it is good. And and the reason that I would recommend you get the, if you're in North Texas, that you get the one that was done by the uh, North Texas hospitals, it is called the Dallas County Guideline. But the people who wrote the Dallas County Guideline is are the chief of epidemiology at UT Southwestern, the chief of epidemiology at uh, other hospitals, the chief of infectious disease at the entire Baylor hospital system. Um, so these are these are folks that go beyond just the borders of Dallas County. And there's two big advantages to, to that one for North Texas uh, that you don't have with any of the other ones. They're all, as I said, very, very similar. The, the two big advantages are uh, not everyone, not every state, Tom's is national. So not every state has opened things exactly the same way. So for instance, Governor Abbott has bars at 25% right now and restaurants at 50%. The doctors will update ours to tell you whether it is safe to go to a certain thing the way it is right now. Okay. So where you may have a little bit more leeway here than you do if you look at a national one that may assume that the bar is 100% full. Now, bars right now are not recommended by doctors, so that probably wasn't a great example. The other advantage is, but it does match completely to the governor's reopened uh, uh, services. So everything he's talked about, the doctors weigh in on. And that won't happen on a national one. The other thing is the threat level that they're looking at, the color code that you're on right now, that is going to be dependent on the facts on the ground in the medical modeling for North Texas. So when you're looking at one that's national, you may be looking at medical modeling that is an amalgamation of the United States. And if you're looking at the local one, you're looking at North Texas. And so that gives you your best up-to-date local information, kind of like a local weather forecast as opposed to, uh, you know, getting your weather from, what, what the average temperature in America is right today. You are listening to Deconstructing Dallas. We are with County Judge Clay Jenkins. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the science um, related to COVID-19, talk a little bit about the economy. This is Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We are with Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins. Uh, Judge, again, you talk about following the science, you talk a lot about the science, but you also said that there are folks that you talk to and consult with uh, related to the science behind uh, this pandemic. Can you talk a little bit about who some of the members are of your science brain trust? Sure. Well, it's, you know, first and foremost, there's Dr. Huang. You see him on the newscast. He is phenomenal. Dr. Huang um, studied at Rice and Harvard. He uh, has worked for the BBC and, and the uh, Department of State Health Services, and he's doing a phenomenal job. You've got, as I mentioned, uh, Dr. Trish Pearl, head of infectious disease at um, UG Southwestern that chairs that committee. You got the head of infectious disease at Baylor, Scott and White. You got the CEO of Parkland Hospital. You've got the president of the Dallas uh, County Medical Society, Mark Casanova, who some of y'all have seen on uh, the news, who also is one of the authors of the Mass Critical Care Plan. You know, in case you get to running out of beds and ventilators, uh, that was written five years ago. And I'm going to leave a lot of them out when I started that. But you've got just a, a lot of people who weren't chosen by me. It wasn't like I said, who are my friends that agree with me? These people were largely chosen uh, well before this happened by their hospital systems to lead the infectious disease or epidemiology departments or by their boards to chair public health or be the CEO. Um, and so... Uh, when we're looking at an infectious disease, um, yeah, this is the team that gets uh, pulled together as recommended by the hospitals and the medical society. And I think they're just doing a phenomenal uh, job. And uh, yeah, I really think people uh, should listen to them. And, you know, the, it, more and more uh, we're seeing that we're, we're allowed to do you know, a month ago, we weren't allowed to go to a restaurant or a movie theater uh, or a barbershop, um, or we weren't allowed to have uh, a game of, of contacts, you know, sports where body fluids are exchanged. Um, but now the governor says that that is allowed uh, legally in uh, Texas, and it's allowed that if we if uh, we if we could find a church that would do it, that we'd go sit shoulder to shoulder with one another in a church with 3,000 people. But what we need to do is take the example that the churches have done. The churches looked at it and said, well, I understand what's legal, but what is the, what is the best way to protect our, our congregants? What is our mission uh, as faith leaders and community leaders? And virtually all the churches uh, stayed closed for more than a month. And as they reopen, they'll reopen in a very cautious way that is not just what is allowed by the governor, which is open the doors and everybody come in and breathe on one another. So um, we need to do that. And increasingly, it gets to be on the shoulders of two, two groups of people, business owners, to look at these things and decide um, what's safe for your employees and what is safe for your patrons, because the last thing we want is a, an outbreak that, that further decimates your business and you know, shuts it down and causes a lack of consumer confidence. 
The other important group is mamas because we know who makes the decisions in families um, about when daddy gets a haircut, whether the kids go play soccer in the park. And that's going to, you know, mostly be the matriarch, the mom. And so, you know, my, my hope is that a lot of moms uh, will download and just single people will download this because, you know, life comes at us with a lot of different opportunities. It's Memorial Day weekend coming up, right? And, uh, you know, people will say, hey, what if we get together and we do this? How about we go here? And uh, we can't really use our common sense. We need to use our common sense, obviously, partially. But we also need that medical advice as to what the doctors know about this novel virus that we've never seen before that they're learning more about all the time. So when you download that information, you have it in front of you, um, and then you apply your common sense to it, it gives you a best chance to make your best decision. Now, Judge, I'm glad you mentioned uh, business owners. I wanted to, to pivot and ask you, you know, you're a businessman as well as serving as county judge. Um, and I know you've, you've leaned on, obviously, scientific experts, uh, medical experts, faith leaders. Tell us about some of the, the business leaders locally that you've leaned on uh, uh, looking at your uh, economic uh, committee. Sure. So um, on our, our economic task force, there's a host of uh, leaders that have stepped up. John Stevens uh, chairs the big business component of, of uh, that task force. John is second in command and the chief financial officer for AT&T. Uh, Mark Cuban uh, serves on that as well and uh, comes up with all kinds of great ideas about workplace uh, safety. I'm going to start forgetting names, but Antonio Carrera is on the big business and, and uh, you know, several others. Um, these are companies of a thousand or more. And then on the small business, we have a lot of the chambers that, uh, you know, for instance, I think maybe Fred Paul, who also is the CEO of Beck and helped write the workplace safety rules, is on the large business. He may be on the medium and small size one, but we got a lot of Citizens Council, Dallas Regional Chamber, Irving Chamber, uh, uh, Dallas Black Chamber, uh, uh, Dallas Hispanic Chamber, uh, uh, executive uh, executives on there uh, to help with that. And then a huge partnership that we've had is with the Texas Retailers Association, uh, particularly Gary Huddleston of that group. Um, and so, you know, companies like Kroger and Walmart and, and the big box stores really embraced, what can we do to keep our, our patrons safe and, our, and our, our employees safe? And although we have had, obviously, uh, people who've gone, who's either worked at the store or gone to the store who's gotten COVID, which would be expected the more you're around people, the more your chances of an outbreak. As far as we know, as far as Gary and I can glean, North Texas is the only uh, urban area of any size. And by the way, we're the fourth largest in the country uh, that has had no outbreaks uh, in customer facing businesses. And by that, I mean, We've had meatpacking plant outbreak or jail or nursing home. But as far as a customer facing experience where the public goes to the place for a service, 
as opposed to you know, there's a patient, an inmate, or an employee. But as far as we know, as far as uh, a, a customer experience business, we haven't seen those um, outbreaks because retailers have stepped up and they've said, we're going to test our employees' temperature. We're going to maintain that six-foot distancing. We're going to figure out ways, you know, one-way aisles or uh, plexiglass and six-foot distance at the checkout or metering people as they come into the store. You know, they've done it in different ways at different stores, but they've done it successfully, so we haven't had those outbreaks. By the way, one other thing on that, those businesses, those what we call size of businesses, uh, critical infrastructure, security act, businesses like big box stores and grocery stores, um, you know, uh, title companies, those things that have been open for a month and a half are now eligible to get what's called a stay safe business designation from my office. And what we've heard from the governor is he, he does not want any of the recommendations in his open Texas document enforced or checked on. But so what we've said with businesses and this concerns business because they don't want a few bad apples, you know, leading to uh, a, an impression on the part of the public that an entire industry is not being safe. So they want to follow those recommendations. So these stay safe businesses will pledge to follow those recommendations. That's thing one. And thing two is their activity has to be one that it, that um, coincides with the color code threat level for uh, the broadest section of the population. So when it's safe for a 65-year-old or a person with an underlying health condition to participate in the activity, um, which it already is to go to a grocery store, but it's not yet to go to the movies, then they will be able to get their their stay safe designation. It'll be on our county website. They can put it in their window. They can tout it. And the hope is that as people go look for, for uh, you know, activities and, and vendors and, and businesses, they'll see that and it'll give both the patron a little bit of confidence that the business is doing their best and, of course, the employee, right? So, when the employee is feeling like, I don't know if my company is really doing anything to keep me safe. Well, if you got that, what that says is, at least as far as I and public health are concerned, your employer is doing those things that are necessary, uh, as far as we know, from what science says now, uh, to keep you safe. Judge, I've, I've known you a long time, and you know, you've gone through a number of crises. This is something we haven't seen before. But uh, at the same time, you, you've got your own life to live. You've got your mom, again, who, as you mentioned, is living with you and that you're taking care of. So, you know, I want to ask you, what are you doing through this to keep yourself sane, to, to work on your own self-care? Like, how, how are you personally getting through this pandemic? Oh, you know, that is so important for everyone. This is such a long deployment. And as you can hear... As, as you can hear from the trucks that are going by me, one of the things I do is I get out and I walk around and I move um, so that I'm not just stuck in a chair all day. 
I kind of uh, thought I heard some day. birds back back there, front, out there in, in in the county, you know, that you were taking advantage of there. Yeah, there's there's birds and there's uh, delivery trucks. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I start my day. I, I look at a thing called 365promises.com. I'll send that out to my staff and the people and my family and some close friends. And you know, now that circle is, includes. Um, people that are very active in this um, in this deployment and this response. And I think that's important to get that first 15 minutes a day where you're centering on what kind of a leader, what kind of a person or am I going to be this day? Not how do I respond to this or that, but what are the core values and ground rules of how, um, you know, um, you know, I want to conduct myself and want to treat other people today um, because life comes at you fast. And so that really helps, you know, keep me grounded. Um, yeah, I do have a family. I've got a, a 14 year old uh, daughter who um, actually, I finished this. Actually, I'm going to try to do something with for 20 or 30 minutes to get her out of the house. And of course my wife and, and family around you. Um, and, uh, you know, exercise, pray a lot, frankly, uh, talk to friends last night, Patrice Kirk and I, and a couple of other people had a zoom, uh, backyard, you know, cocktail hour. Um, and just talk, and the rules of those are, you can talk about anything but COVID, right? I don't want to talk about COVID <laughs> when we're doing the zoom, the zoom backyard. But, uh, so we do that, you know, and just try to get sleep and, try to have grace on other people. And I think it's important too, for, and I want to say this to the moms out there, the business owners, uh, everybody, you guys have been so great about giving grace to me, right? I've really felt um, your love and support and it, it lifts me up. It's very hard sometimes when we're making these decisions or dealing with these kids that are anxious to get out of the house, maybe, uh, stresses there or stresses at business or how am I going to pay the bills to have grace on ourselves. But what I, what I would really hope is that everyone is in these tough situations, which is virtually all of us now that have to make these tough decisions about where we go and what we do, how ends meet in this time of, of economic upheaval and, and public health danger, that you'll have grace on yourself, that you'll recognize that you are doing your best when you make mistakes those are mistakes of the of the head and not mistakes of the heart that you're doing what you believe is best to keep your family safe, to keep your you know family fed, to keep your business going. And so I think that is a critical thing so that we're not overtaken by despair, um, you know, in this time. Uh, I would remind people that just as we got through every other thing, that we've talked about earlier in Ebola, but also just as we got through World War II, the Great Depression, the Cold War, um, the recession um, in 2007 and 8, um, all of these things that we've been through before, we're going to get through this too, and things will get better. And so we've just got to keep um, you know, our eyes on the prize of making those good decisions um, now so that we have our best chance uh, to get through this as quickly as possible 
with as little loss of life and sickness as possible. Well, Judge, we uh, certainly appreciate you uh, sharing some of your family time with us. Uh, if our listeners want to follow you and uh, hear more, where should they look for you on social media? Okay, so that's a great question. I know I'm at Judge Clay J on um, Twitter. I think I'm Judge Clay Jenkins on Facebook. And I may be at Judge Clay J on Instagram. So, um, and if that's wrong, Ryan, dub in whatever I am. (laughs) (laughs) Not positive. Um, But, you know, I do try to get on there. And a lot of when you see the tweets, especially those, uh, most of those are actually from me. Um, I'm not able to do all the social media, read everything from everybody. But um, I just picked that platform because, you know, it's whatever it is, 140 or 280 or whatever it is characters. I can get the information out to you quickly. And so I do use that one quite a bit to try to get you the latest uh, information. It seems to work even faster than press releases. Well, Judge, we are certainly grateful for for you coming on. And uh, I know our our friends at Walmart have been uh, grateful for you helping them out here in Dallas County and and, uh, uh, certainly appreciate it. I know you squeezed us in probably between Anderson Cooper and uh, some other national reporter. So thanks for your time. Uh, This is Deacon. I like you a lot better than Anderson Cooper. (laughs) And I appreciate all the great testing that Walmart is doing. And if you want to see if you get a, going to get a Walmart test, go to do I need a COVID test.com. That's Walmart site. And there are six Walmarts open here in uh, Dallas County uh, to serve you a test. Well, we certainly appreciate you judge. And uh, thanks for coming on. This is deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, big times with Judge Jenkins. Yeah, I really in, enjoy talking to Judge Jenkins. And I, I like to, you know, he's he's good in all formats. He's great on TV. He's great in the meetings. And, and he's great when you get to talk to him personally. And, you know, I guess it's kind of almost like a hybrid uh, getting to talk to him in this forum, but it's it's always great to hear from Judge Jenkins. Yeah, we certainly appreciate him coming on, and uh, you know he he's uh, <laughs> doing doing a lot, moving around a lot, and and uh, you know taking a lot of calls and a lot of a lot of Skype interviews. I think he was on you know MSNBC and CNN and whoever else, but uh, and deconstructing Dallas now. <laughs> platform he'll be on all day deconstructing dallas so thanks again to the judge sean big memorial day weekend coming up obviously it's uh different than any memorial day in our lifetime 
what's what's your plans? Well, we're going to get together and, and um, just watch Isaiah's graduation. Just a few of us uh, to celebrate with him. Uh, they are doing a virtual graduation. I was on a call with um, Superintendent Inahosa, and you know, it's it's just so much different for a big district like Dallas, who I believe has. Um, 37 high schools and Crazy. I think HISD has 45 high schools. And so, you know, they're just unable to, to pull together something. And, and it's the safety as well for Dallas County, you know, not wanting to get that many people together. So I, it, it'll be cool. They made some slides. Uh, they made some videos that'll, that'll run during the graduation. So I think that'll be the big thing. And I think if I can manage it, I might also try to get some rest because uh, there's been a lot of work going on with Alamedia this week, and, and I think I could take take the day. Well, I think you deserve it, my friend. What about you? Hard. Um, yeah, it's it's a great question. Uh, we'll be, you know, we'll obviously be staying home. Uh, I was trying to think of the acronym for. Uh, I guess it's Memorial Day at home. Hashtag N-D-A-H. Mm, so I think we will be doing mm, da and uh, staying safe and um, probably cooking out and need to clean up the grill and hanging out, hanging out on the swing set and enjoying. I won't be watching. Sadly, I won't be watching the Indy 500 uh, live or on TV. It's uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, traditions. And so um, that race has been postponed, but you know, stay tuned. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I think it won't be long before, you know, we have probably some sports to talk about. I think even there's this Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, celebrity golf one-on-one challenge that's going to involve, you know, Peyton Manning and such. So I think we're close to having some form of, and, and maybe there are, I'm sure there's a certain segment of our listeners who really don't miss our sports banter. But I think it's going to be coming back sometime soon. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's hope. I saw the NFL is testing out uh, face shields with I don't know who it is Oakley or somebody that are uh, you know face masks that protect you from particles. I don't know how it works, but I saw it and you know gave me a little hope. So uh, to all those who don't like our sports banner, I think your days are numbered. <laughs> they are. Well, stay safe. Uh, happy Memorial Day and you, my friend. have a great Memorial Day to you and your family. And we want to wish, uh, you know, all of our listeners a very safe Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we are thankful uh, that we are having great guests like Judge Clay Jenkins on with us. So we want to thank Clay Jenkins and we want to thank his chief of staff, Mrs. Lauren Trimble, for helping us to get this interview set up. We want to thank our coworkers at Allen Media who are, are always supportive of us in this endeavor. We want to thank our owners, Jennifer Pascal, Mary Woodleaf. This is an Allen Media production. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Sean P. Williams, S-H-A-W-N-P Williams. He is at rtremble15 on Twitter. And um, you can you know leave us a review on your Apple podcast or on Spotify or however you hear this podcast. Let us know what you think. Please share this with your friends. Make sure to subscribe. Invite somebody else to listen. We really appreciate the love this month. We've had our best month, I know for sure, in the last year and probably our best month ever on this podcast. So thanks to everyone who's been listening. So for Ryan Trimble, I am Sean Williams. This is Deconstructing Dallas. We'll see you soon. Adios. Adios.